Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. This is the Tom Hartman Program. The headline over at the New York Times by David Kilpatrick and Kate Kelly is, before giving billions, that's plural with an S, to Jared Kushner, Saudi investment fund had big doubts. So Jared Kushner just went over to Saudi Arabia and got $2 billion, $2,000 million from the Saudi government. Now, I would argue to you that this is explicit, direct payback for two things. One, as Saudi Arabia was bombing the crap out of Yemen, creating an, an international crisis, millions of starving refugees, a, a humanitarian crisis. The Trump administration was negotiating a deal or put together a deal to sell them even more weaponry to, to bomb bomb the crap out of the Yemenis. And number two, as the federal government was starting to look into the killing of Jamal Khashoggi by, by the, you know, apparently by agents of the crown prince who's basically running Saudi Arabia, Mohammed bin Salman, uh, the, the Trump administration basically said, eh, you know, we don't care about that. We're going to turn away from that. We're going to ignore that. The Obama administration been looking into it. We're going to put all that on hold. We're going to kill all that. And in fact, we're going to make our first foreign trip to Saudi Arabia. Now, who came up with that great idea? I'll bet it was Jared Kushner. Donald Trump doesn't have, you know, ideas like this. This guy, I mean, keep in mind, you know, his daddy went to prison for being a grifter. Jared Kushner is a first class grifter. When his daddy got out of prison, Jared was single and, and you know, the heir to a to a grifter empire, as it were. And, and daddy, uh, according to some reports, told him, you need to do three things, son. You need to buy a newspaper in New York. And Jared bought the New York Observer. You need to buy a high-profile building in Manhattan. So Jared overpaid to buy 666 Fifth Avenue, which is a, a big office building. And you need to marry a woman who has a lot of money and high credibility. And so he married Ivanka Trump. 
and it's been up uphill, or you know, going to the sky ever since. So now he's created this company, Affinity Partners. He went over to Saudi Arabia, and they gave him two billion dollars. Now, meanwhile, the media is getting ready to go all hysterical about Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden took $3 million from a Chinese company, or maybe it was a, a Russian company, or maybe it was a Ukrainian company, who knows, but Hunter Biden took some money. Well, and it looks like Hunter Biden did. He, he exploited his father's uh, political standing as vice president. That's, uh, I think, fairly obvious. Not uncommon, by the way, but fairly obvious and, and pretty skeezy. But $3 million for Hunter versus $2 billion for Jared? And, and Hunter wasn't even selling out Jamal Khashoggi or selling out the citizens of Yemen. Whereas, you know, Jared was doing all of that stuff and many, many people are dead as a result of it. Steve Mnuchin, by the way, also started an investment fund and he went to Saudi Arabia and said, hey, I helped you guys out too, you know, hey, I'd like some money. And they gave him $1 billion. Steve Mnuchin's fund is being paid a 1% management fee, you know, on this billion dollars. And Jared Kushner is being paid a 1.25% management fee, if the information that I have here is correct. So Kushner gets better terms, he gets more money, he gets more profit than even Steve Mnuchin. And it looks to me like the Saudi government is just paying back their old buddies. Which makes you wonder about this $100 million remortgaging of Donald Trump's uh, Trump Tower in New York City. You know, it came through this internet bank and we don't know a whole lot about that and who their connections are or where their money is. And, you know, I have nothing, no details on that right now. It, it looks like investigative reporters are digging into it. And, and pretty much any other financial interactions or, or things that Donald Trump is doing. Because basically the, the rational banks of the world have said, no, we're not gonna support this guy anymore. So did Jared Kushner get the $2 billion for selling out Khashoggi? Or was it for providing Saudi Arabia with all these weapons to go after Yemen? Or was it about you know keeping America's mouth closed, our lips sealed, about the Saudi atrocities? Or was it about, you know, this was also around the time when there was this women's movement in Saudi Arabia where a number of uh, high profile women, including some in the royal family, were speaking out saying, hey, we would like some rights here. Uh, uh, the MBS said, okay, you can drive now. And, but one of the women who was like the leader of the women should be allowed to drive movement. <laughs> we're not talking about voting here. We're not talking about owning a business or owning anything. We're not talking about having any independent rights. We're talking about driving. One of the women who had been the leaders of the driving movement ended up, you know, in a, in a brutal prison. Was it about that? I mean, exactly why did Jared Kushner get this $2 billion? Particularly, and this is the skeeziest part of the whole thing. This is from the, uh, again, from today's New York Times. The Saudi crown prince controls this investment fund that has about six, has over $600 billion in it. Kushner comes and says, I want two of those billion dollars. The crown prince kicks it to the, the uh, oversight board, as it were, to the fund. Right, it's it's got it has a uh, 
It has a you know a group of people whose whose job is to vet any investments. And they came back and they said, you shouldn't give him the money because of the inexperience of the affinity fund management. In other words, these people have never done this before. They don't know what they're doing. Secondly, you shouldn't do it, MBS, because of the possibility that the kingdom would be responsible for the bulk of the investment and the risk. We could lose all $2 billion of this. I mean, Kushner's dad was a grifter, right? I mean, he was, he was like, you know, on a major grifter. He went to federal prison for being a grifter. You sure you want to give this guy $2 billion? They also said that the due diligence, in other words, you know, looking at the, at the bookkeeping and the finances, the management structure, all this stuff for Jared Kushner's new company was, quote, un unsatisfactory in all aspects. All aspects. And they also said, by the way, the fee that he wants to charge us, quote, seems excessive. But just days after the board says, no, you shouldn't be doing this, Mohammed bin Salman, the, the functional king of Saudi Arabia, the crown prince, says, yeah, sure, we're going to give my buddy Jared all the money he wants. Is this going to in any way soften the Republican attacks on Hunter Biden? Do you think that there could be a little both sidesism here going on? Is that what I'm doing? Is it appropriate? What reaction would you expect if Donald Trump is indicted? The January 6th panel now has enough evidence to prove that Donald Trump engaged in actual crimes, specifically trying to overthrow the government of the United States, uh, you know, trying to uh, submit fraudulent electors. I mean, all, all this stuff is like, it's, it's fairly obvious. There's an interesting piece in the New York Times by Michael Schmidt and Luke Broadwater. The leaders of the House Committee investigating the Capitol attack have grown divided over whether to make a criminal referral, they say. And then this is where it gets really interesting. This is a statement not of what the politicians are saying. This is an assertion by these two reporters for the New York Times. Quote, the Justice Department appears to be ramping up a wide-ranging investigation and making a referral could saddle a criminal case with further partisan baggage at a time when Mr. Trump is openly flirting with running again in 2024. Really? I mean, what makes you think that if the Democrats, well, first of all, what makes you think that the Republicans aren't going to politicize a, an indictment by Merrick Garland? I mean, essentially what they're saying is, okay, it looks like Merrick Garland is going to indict Trump. So the House committee should not make a criminal referral because that's just going to make the Republicans hysterical. The Republicans are going to be hysterical anyway. I mean, you know, it, it seems to me that if it, actually the opposite of what this New York Times article is suggesting is the case. If Democrats don't make a criminal referral, and I, I realize that there's two Republicans on the committee, you know, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger. But if Democrats don't make, or if this committee doesn't make a criminal referral to the Justice Department, then what are the Republicans are going to say? They're going to say, hey, the Justice Department is acting on their own. Congress doesn't even agree with them. Even the Democrats don't agree with them. Come on, guys. Quit, quit behaving like, you know, you're afraid of the rain. I mean, you know, it's like, come on, take the next step. Look at, look at the polling. 69% of Americans 
agree that January 6th was wrong and, and the insurrection was a crime. Just do it. <laughs> Make the criminal referral. Or do you think that if the justice, if the January 6th committee makes a criminal referral, that it's going to cause, you know, some political explosion that's going to blow up in Democrats' face? I'm not buying that story. Are you? What say you? Sometimes Louise and I just crave a restaurant-quality dinner at home without doing all the work or driving. Well, Cook Unity is the first chef-to-you service delivering locally sourced meals from award-winning chefs right to your door every week. And it appears to be less expensive than other delivery options. Go to cookunity.com slash Hartman with two N's or enter the code Hartman with two N's before checking out for 50% off your first week. We just received our first meals from Cook Unity and what a huge difference it is to get the best chefs in the country to bring creative, delicious meals to us and you every week. Every meal is handcrafted by chefs and made in local micro kitchens, not large production facilities. We just had the chipotle maple glazed salmon with green beans and mango pico de gallo. It had everything we love in a meal. They have all sorts of options like vegan, paleo, pescatarian, gluten-free, and more. Menus are posted two weeks in advance so you have plenty of time to choose. Experience chef quality meals every week delivered right to your door. Go to cookunity.com slash Hartman with two N's or enter the code Hartman the two ends before checking out for 50% off your first week. That's 50% off your first week by using the code Hartman or going to cookunity.com slash Hartman. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Another story about the corruption that happened while Donald Trump was in the White House. There is a law that says that when the president of the United States is given a gift by a foreign government, that becomes the property of the United States. If it's worth more than $400 and change. If the president decides to keep it, there's a whole song and dance you got to go through. And, you know, all the gifts have to be cataloged and things like that. And all kinds of expensive stuff has come into the White House during the four years that Donald Trump was president. But the State Department uh, is about to publish a, a report in the Federal Register this week, basically saying that uh, Trump and Kushner, you know, Kushner got these swords from Saudi Arabia and all this other stuff, you know, and the leopard skins, and that, that, that Trump and the people around him took all these gifts, and uh, we've got no record of them. Sorry. Don't have any idea. Don't know. Can't tell you. Uh, can't, you know, haven't seen it. Don't know what's going on. Don't know what happened to those 15 boxes of stuff that, that uh, Trump spirited down to Mar-a-Lago, you know, including all kinds of top secret documents that he apparently then invited, you know, foreign people to come in and look through. Very strange stuff. I mean, we know that he was actually showing them to just like random people at Mar-a-Lago. 
Richard Painter, who was the ethics chief, the guy who oversaw this stuff for the George W. Bush administration, good Republican, Richard Painter, he says it's flagrant and it looks terrible. He said this to the New York Times. He says it was either really stupid or really corrupt. It wasn't, though, Trump who had to make these decisions. It was Trump appointees. So I would say it was really corrupt. In fact, uh, Joyce Vance uh, said the only reason you don't keep the perfunctory records that every administration is readily equipped to keep is because you intend to violate the law. Yeah, that's called really corrupt. So how long is Trump going to be able to get away with this? I don't know. We'll see. Anyhow, picking up your calls here, John in Longmeadow, Massachusetts. Hey, John, what's on your mind today? Hey, Tom. Longtime fan. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. I'm wondering if you've heard anything about when the televised hearings for the January 6th committee are going to take place. I haven't heard much at all lately. I have not. And I know back in January they were talking about in the spring and now they're talking about in the summer. My guess is that they don't want to compete with the war in Ukraine for coverage. And so they're looking for kind of a quiet time when they can when they can do that. So, you know, the, the best guess is this will probably resolve over the next month or so. And that therefore the hearings might start in May or June. Um, but I, I, I just don't know. I mean, I, they do want uh, and for very good reasons, they do want the American people to see what they're what they're doing. And it's right now is you've got a news environment where it's tough to get anything that pops above the, you know, another 10,000 people massacred by the by the Russians. Yeah, very true. Do you think these will have anywhere near the impact that the Watergate hearings had? I doubt it. And the main reason is because when the Watergate hearings happened, there were only three television networks and, you know, they were carried by all three of them. Sam Irving's hearings were anyway in the Senate. And, uh, you know, now you've got all kinds of different networks. You know, Fox almost certainly will not carry any of it. Um, so people can still live in their little media bubbles. And uh, so I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sure it won't have the impact that, that those hearings had, but it will have impact. The question is, yeah. will it influence the elections this fall? Um, you know, exactly. will, it, will it reflect poorly on Republicans more generally? And, uh, you know, or, or is it going to produce a backlash that's going to turn out even more of Trump's base? And the, I don't have answers to those questions. I, I, I just right. don't know. My guess is it will hurt Trump more than it will help him. But, uh, you know, there are there are Trumpy people who are actually looking forward to it. So we'll see. We'll see. John, thanks a lot for the call. Great to hear from you. Brian in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Hey, Brian, what's on your mind today? Hey, good day. Uh, I want to comment on the lack of prosecution against Trump. Um, I really feel that people are afraid of blackmail. Because let's remember, I mean, I read David K. Johnson's book, and I've read a lot of things. Uh, Trump's been in league with organized crime from the get-go. His whole family has. And uh, it's proven. And I think that the establishment politicians in both parties are fearful that Trump's criminal syndicate would dig up or has evidence and dirt of a lot of things in both parties that a lot of the, you know, the stars, the power, the power centers in both parties, he could go scorched earth and decimate them. Uh, like, you know, like Jeffrey Epstein, for instance, uh, you know, there's been stories that he has tons and tons of video and photos and evidence of all the people that went down to his island in the Virgin Islands and wherever else. And uh, I think a lot of people are shaking in their boots that criminals have that evidence 
And if things go the way they don't want, all that evidence is going to get released to the New York Post and everywhere else. And uh, do, do you I mean, you know, we know that Bill Clinton was on his plane a lot. But outside of that, I've not heard of any uh, Democratic politicians. And, and I mean, Clinton is an old guy now. Most of your politicians who are coming up now um, and a lot of your Democratic politicians, I realize there's, there's a few old folks in the in the Senate, but most of them are young enough that they were not part of that whole Epstein party crowd back in the 70s and 80s. Right. But, you know, I think one of the, like, for instance, one of the biggest problems the Democrats have is Chuck Schumer, the representative of Wall Street. He is a senator or he's a senator for Wall Street. Right. So he stops a lot of good things that could happen because Wall Street doesn't want it. That's just one example. And then who knows how uh, Chuck's bread's getting buttered these days. I mean, we don't know, but maybe Trump and his criminal associates. Yeah, do. that's not going to take down so Chuck Schumer, why, though. I mean, you know, he's had he's had primary right. uh, opponents saying that kind of stuff for a long right. time. But, you but know, most it, of the ones that have been there for decades, I think a lot of them have done some right. underhanded things that weren't quite cricket and don't want the public to know about. And if they if they really put Trump to the wall, he's going to go scorched earth and both parties are going to regret it. And I think that's what's holding it up. Yeah. Well, so it's 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 not entirely point. impossible, Brian. I mean, you know, there there may be something to to what you're saying. But we'll we'll see. All kinds of issues here that we can talk about. Mr. C in in Los Angeles. Hey, Mr. C, what's on your mind today? A lot of people have said it many times that we need to get money out of politics, but nothing's ever done. What is the solution of getting money out of politics? Uh, you, well, actually, you know, we sort of did this in the 70s after the Nixon bribery scandals. Jerry Ford signed into law a number of laws that, that limited the amount of campaign contributions, that that limited the activity of PACs and super PACs, you know, just a whole bunch of good stuff there. And uh, all of that got thrown out by the U.S. Supreme Court when uh, with the Citizens United, and uh, virtually all of it, not all of it, but most of it. And, uh, you know, frankly, I think that the Congress just needs to take on the Supreme Court and say, you know, we're going to pass these laws and we're going to include in these laws a statement that the Supreme Court can't rule on them. It's our yeah. opinion these are constitutional. Supreme uh, Court the government, everybody's supposed to be working for us. Okay. Yeah. For the people. But they're, what happens, they, they're not working for us. No, they're not. They're, they're working for themselves. And, yeah, and they're working for their own reelection, and they're working for the big money behind them. Mr. C., spot on. Thank you very much. Les in Glendale, California. Hey, Les, what's up? Hi. I think it is imperative that we indict Trump. And I uh, uh, have often said that I sort of blame, in part, Nancy Pelosi for creating Trump in the sense that uh, they would not hold the Bush administration accountable for any of their wrongdoings. And I think that the Democrats saying, well, that's the past, we're going to move forward, it just allowed uh, the bad behavior to continue. If you don't, if you don't set limits on a child, if you've got a, 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 an unruly child who misbehaves and there's never any consequences, they're just going to escalate and get worse. Yeah. And I think that's what's happened with the Republican Party. Yeah, and Trump is your original unruly child. <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> and he's modeling this behavior, you know, for, and, and it's being imitated now by Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates and all these other grifters inside the Republican Party. 
And uh, you know, there's there's a few the the Mitt Romneys and the and the Liz Cheneys of the of the GOP who are stepping back, going, I don't think so. Um, but you know, the, I think the big question here, Les, and and we'd love to hear your thoughts on this, is whether the Republican Party is going to have a reckoning, whether they're going to have a, a you know a, 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 a head a head first collision with with rationality and reality, or whether they're going to continue to be able to live in this bizarre little bubble that they've created for themselves. I just don't see it. I, you know, the Republicans are so hard, so dyed in the wool and so committed to disrupting all of this. I mean, you know, I, I remember listening to Rush Limbaugh 20 years ago, you know, when there was no progressive, you know, when you and Randy weren't around to listen to, I didn't believe Rush, but, uh, but I, he at that time, 20 years ago, said, you know, Democrats are trying to destroy America. And of course, it's really the Republicans that were trying to do it. And he said, we're going to take it down. And we're going to even do everything we can to end the uh, FDR New Deal stuff. Yeah. And they did. I mean, they have. I mean, that's been the essence of it. I'm with you. Mike in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Hey, Mike, what's on your mind today? You know, Guy McPherson has been marginalized pretty effectively. And uh, I think this guy should be hauled out of the closet again and brought up. And and we need to have him talk because you're right about nothing moving on this on this climate change thing. I think people just don't think it's real. And I, uh, I know most of these climate scientists were very conservative with their estimates, like, you know, the New Green Deal thing from 2030, 2050. We just don't have that time. And we really need leadership. The United States is locked up with their democracy. It can't move one way or the other. And we just don't have time to argue. We, need, we do need some strong leadership. And, and I, I, I read somebody posit that uh, maybe China will be the country that kind of takes the helm and, and, and is able to direct things. I, I just don't see anything happening in the United States. But I think we need to be frightened a little bit like Guy was. I think he was regarded as an extreme example of a climate scientist. But he's the one that pretty much pushed the effectiveness of the loops. And, and, and how that affects the, uh, the change uh, exponentially. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't until Greta Thunberg that she really emphasized the loops, and I think that's when it brought it to the media attention again. But I don't think people understand the math that's involved with the exponential uh, changes. Yeah, I, I, I get that, Mike. I, I'm not sure that saying that it's all over, we should just give up, and let's just be nice to each other and live our lives quietly as the world burns down around us is the message that is going to cause you know any any kind of change and i do think that there still is time for change that that might at the very least save humanity uh, even though you know i think that we're probably on a path climate wise that is going to lead to the destruction of a lot of our governments and our countries around the world massive disruption but i get it and i'm with you on let's crank it up yeah there you go yep thank you jessica in chicago hey jessica thanks for watching free speech your thoughts Hi, Tom. When you spoke about Jared's $2 billion from Saudi, I remember calling you back when he ran the coronavirus task force. Uh-huh. And he had purchased $52 billion of Saudi Arabia test kits with our taxpayers' money. Wow. And the thing is, 5 million COVID test kits were worthless. They never worked. And here's... Here's the crazy thing. I was looking it up online, and 
the scary part is they when they bought these coronavirus test kits from Saudi, they labeled it in our government database. They labeled it as a technology that, that was purchased, hmm. and they spelled technology wrong. It's it's like they wanted it to just disappear, so there would be no remembering. He had that. his married little band of uh, ex MBA students that he knew from college. I mean, people in their twenties who were passing out. Millions of dollars, willy-nilly, left and right, to companies. You know, to, to companies that were being created by grifters all over the country. They're they're just starting now to dig into this stuff. It's amazing, Jessica. You're absolutely right. Thank you so much for the call. Saber in West Covina, California. Hey, Saber, what's on your mind today? I think if Trump faced justice, if he went down, I think it would be a huge milestone in this country because. We have seen that it would show that there's accountability for our most powerful and corrupt politicians, which which has never been the case. I mean, I'm still waiting for uh, Cheney and Bush to, to go down on war crimes. Yeah, yeah, I don't think that's ever going to happen. But uh, this is arguably even more egregious. I mean, it's, it's, it, lying the country into a war is a pretty terrible thing. Uh, but it's happened four or five times in our history. This, uh, this trying to overthrow the government, um, but using violence to overthrow the government. And, and you know, five people died that day, and, and I think seven people altogether died as a consequence of that. That's a, a whole nother level of, of horror. Um, hmm. Okay. Uh, Saber, thank you very much. Thanks for your thoughts. Morris in Long Beach, California. Hey, Morris, what's on your mind today? Hey, hey Tom, you're talking about indicting uh, former President Trump, right? Yes, sir. You can't do that. I'm going to tell you why you can't do that. If you indict Donald Trump, you're taking down the entire Republican Party. You know darn well they're guilty of, they got insurrectionist blood on their hands right now, Howley Cruz, a whole lot of them. And you know the kind of brother that, uh, that Donald Trump is. He's not going to go down by himself. I think the best way out would be for the former president to come up, you know, with, a, with, a, with some kind of illness. He got to step back out to public, you know. He's sick right now. But if you, we follow through with indicting that fool, uh, Tom Hartman, all hell is going to break loose because that guy's not going to go down by himself. You saw four years of his administration and, and his way out. I could defend Trump. Believe it or not, I'm more split up in Long Beach. I could defend Trump. What Trump will say is this. I got bad advice. I got bad advice. I was following yeah. the lead of this guy and that guy. And then those people who were responsible for the 25th Amendment that didn't do it, he'll just burn them. So what do you think? I think that you're going to hear, I, I agree with you, Morris, that all hell will break loose. You're going to hear all kinds of hysterics coming out of Trump. At the same time, right now, the GOP is starting to move away from Trump. I don't know if you caught the story about the gridiron dinner. You know, the, the big story around the gridiron dinner is that all these 73 people so far have tested positive for COVID, including like Nancy Pelosi and, you know, et cetera. But the, the, I thought the most important story out of that was that Chris Sununu, the governor of New Hampshire got up and called Trump an effing child and said basically that everybody, you know, Republicans all across the country are laughing at him behind his back. This was, and, and he used the F word repeatedly when referring to Trump. Um, and this is like a Republican governor who would, you know, like to be a senator one day and maybe even president. And, you know, the heir to the Sununu political dynasty in the, in, in the Northeast. So I think that it, an indictment of Trump might be the last straw for a lot of Republicans who are, you know, kind of holding on to Trump because he has the base, but they may cause them to say, okay, that's it. We're going to cut that cord. You, yeah. ever heard of the, you, ever, you ever heard of the scenario uh, knowing where the dead bodies are buried? 
You ever heard somebody, if he knows where the dead bodies are buried? Yeah. This guy knows where the dead bodies are buried. I'm telling you right now, Tom, you're smarter than me. They cannot indict this guy because if they do, everybody's going down. You got all of your Republican parties going down. You got congressmen going down. So you think Trump are, would be basically telling the rest of the Republicans, I'm going to take you guys down with me? You better believe it, and he darn sure would. If, if I started a gang, he wouldn't be in my gang, because I know as soon as the police busted us and got some heat on him, he'd sell us all out. Yeah. That's exactly what he's going to do. I'll I get it. I get it. Thank you, Morris. Joel, Bothell, Washington. Hey, Joe, what's up? Nationalizing the energy industry, yes, I'm all for that. Sounds like a good plan. In terms of Trump uh, being indicted, it, it's a must. Uh, we are a country of laws. And if uh, if it's been shown that Trump has broken the law and he isn't held accountable, that will give people like him and others in the Republican Party to just basically flaunt the law. Yeah. So you're saying if the January 6th committee, I mean, odds are that the Justice Department, well, I shouldn't say odds are they're going to indict him. God only knows. But they certainly have the evidence already to indict him. I mean, Merrick Garland can do this. So the big question is, should the January 6th committee make a criminal referral? It, it really is just performative, performance art. I mean, whether they do it or not, um, it has no legal basis other than just, you know, a, a, you know, another branch of government saying to the executive branch, hey, here's, here's our opinion on this. But yeah, well, go ahead. Uh, well, I was just going to say that uh, I, I think everything that the Democrats are doing, even though this is a bipartisan commission, uh, the Democrats in general are just too tentative in their approach on everything. Yeah. Uh, they must be more assertive. Uh, the, the Republicans' messaging is assertive, so Democrats must be assertive. As a matter of fact, I hope to talk with you and Senator Pocan on Friday about messaging, because I have some definite ideas about that and would like to hear his input. But getting back to Trump, no one is above the law. Uh, the Republicans are going to be up in arms. They're just going to cry outrage, because that's what they do. They have no plan, so they just cry outrage. Um, if we don't do this, if we don't prosecute those who have broken the law, then we are we have failed and we're in for big troubles in the future. Yeah. The question, I, you know, this is being dealt with, though, as a political question, uh, you yeah. know, and and will and, and the Democrats are concerned that, uh, frankly, I think that, you know, they're, they would be perfectly happy to turn this information over to the Justice Department after the November elections. But mm -hmm. before the November elections, they're afraid that if they do that, that's going to activate Trump's base, who will come out and vote for any old Republican on the ballot just because they're pissed off. I, I don't yeah. know if that's true. I, I you know, I, I, I think it may actually cause a schism in, their, in the GOP. I, I think you're right. And, and, and you made a really good point about pointing out this meeting earlier where uh, Trump does seem to be losing some support. Yeah. Yeah. The, the great thank you, thank, you, thank yeah. you for the call. Sure. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you, Joe. Thank you. Appreciate the call. Quick math, the less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, all into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. It's accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Hartman with two N's. 
netsuite.com slash Hartman. That's netsuite.com slash Hartman. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Sherry in Shelton, Washington. Hey, Sherry, what's up? You know, I think we have to send an indictment regarding Trump. It was an attempted coup, not even counting all the other things. I mean, he... He isn't really a legitimate president. But we will look feckless, the left, you know, the, those of us who really care and have been on the ground working. It's like, why? Nothing will matter. Their, our votes won't matter. Our democracy doesn't matter. It's just like, forget it. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, it is the end of our experiment if we don't take this seriously and make the media watch it yeah i agree because because if he gets away with it he won't be the last yeah and 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 you have to put it in the face of everybody and make the media call it a coup yeah make the media finally you know start telling the truth yeah and uh, it has to be in our faces i am absolutely the election before the election absolutely with you sherry thank you very much for the call Lori in uh cashiers north carolina hey Lori, what's up Hi, I was calling about the uh, the the Jared affair. Yeah. Uh, anyway, these allegations that there was enough information to indict Trump or whatever, mm-hmm. they didn't come up until after Jared and Ivanka went in front of the January 6th committee. Oh, that's and interesting. And now you're telling me today that he's collecting in Saudi? Yeah, he's he's <laughs> he's feathering his nest, shall we say. I, you know, I wonder if Jared and Ivanka are making a break with Daddy. Well, that's what I'm wondering. I mean, they didn't come up with this information until Sunday. And, you know, they just spoke to the January 6th committee last week and the week before. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very. Sat for hours and hours in front of them. Very interesting. Good job there, Lori, of putting uh, one and one together. I mean, it's, it's uh, I, I don't know why I didn't see that. Uh, but you're absolutely right. It, it's uh, <laughs> it's remarkable. Lori, thank you. Thank I'd you. like to also put my two cents in about Trump being indicted. Sure. I think he needs to be indicted. Yeah. Nixon was never indicted. He walked away. His accomplice, Jerry Ford, only got four years as presidency, but he should have been indicted for being an accomplice. Yeah, Reagan I- walked away saying he had Alzheimer's, and then his accomplice, George Bush, only got four years because he was Reagan's accomplice. Right. And then we have his son, who is a torturer, and now we have no moral standing in the world, in the globe, because of the torturing tactics of Cheney and Bush. Yep. And they were never brought to account. Yep. That was, there were apparent. It has got to end with Trump, this evil in the GOP. In fact, I think the GOP needs to be abolished. And we need to have a nationwide referendum or something about do we want democracy or do we want autocracy and leave it to the people to decide. And then our politicians have to follow that moral direction. Uh, I'm with you. And the guy who uh, apparently, in addition to John, you and Jay Bybee, who signed off on Trump's torture was, uh, you know, a Department of Justice lawyer by the name of Brett Kavanaugh. 
uh, although all of his papers from his time in the Bush White House were withheld from the Senate uh, during his confirmation hearings. So we just have essentially leaks suggesting that as opposed to documentation. Lori, thank you for the call. Colleen in Yelm, Washington. Hey, Colleen, what's on your mind today? Uh, so much about Trump, yeah. you know, throughout the thing. And I just wanted to say that I don't believe he's going to be prosecuted because of all the judges he was able to. Oh, he put more than 200 judges on the federal bench. You think that they will act as, well, actually, he put three people on the Supreme Court, too. You think that they will all act as a barrier to bail him out, essentially? Yes. Yeah. Makes sense. But, uh, Makes a lot of I sense. Also wanted, I also wanted to say Trump's been working and getting money from the Russians for a long time. I think in 95, he got the money for the Soho uh, apartments. And then for his casino, the Russians were funding that. And he just had to put his name on it and got 10%. But then uh, they withdrew their money and he went bankrupt because... It was being traced to them, and he's been getting away with murder. And yeah. now, the way he has the courts packed, I don't think anything's going to happen to him. Well, we'll see, and Colleen. But the I, money he's got in it. Yeah, but I, I get what you're saying. I mean, in 2015, his son Eric can't, you know, because questions were being raised about whether American banks would loan to him, and his son Eric came out and said, "We don't need money from American banks. We get all the money we need from Russia." I mean, you know, he was yeah, pretty straightforward that. about it. Yeah. Colleen, thanks for the call. Roberta in Maple Grove, Minnesota. Hey, Roberta, what's up? In the 2022s, we come up with this split Senate again. Mm -hmm. Is it beyond imagination to think that cinema or mansion or both will pay? Switch parties. So the, My guess the is that if the Republicans take the Senate, that probably mansion and maybe cinema will become Republicans. Um, but I just, you know, I don't know. I think that, you know, right now the Democrats have the power, so they're staying with the Democratic Party. But um, there's an interesting diary over on Daily Kos today about, you know, this kind of summarizing a bunch of media pieces over the last week or so about how Democrats are just over it with Joe Manchin. I think a lot of this goes back to, you know, almost two weeks ago, I believe it was, the New York Times did a big expose on how, how corrupt Manchin is, you know, how he had back oh, yeah, 20 years that. ago yeah yep. there was this uh, uh, coal-fired power plant that used this uh, basically uh, high-cost coal and he cornered the market on the high-cost coal and and cut the deal with the plant and got the permit and mm -hmm. you know all this skeezy yep. stuff and I and I think that a lot of Democrats are starting to go you know this guy is like this is corruption personified do we really want to be with this guy on the other hand if he were to leave the party right now th nothing could be passed through Congress because it would put the it would put the Senate in the hands of of the Republicans altogether. And Manchin has voted with the Democrats on a lot of really important stuff, as has Cinema. So it's not like you know they're public enemy number one and two. They're they, you know they're just they're at the moment very very weak Democrats. But uh, you know I get what you're saying, Roberta. Thank you for the call, MJ in Seattle. Hey MJ, what's up? The conservative mind tends to be on one side of the, the problems we're talking about people being tantalized into acting like just crazy, fighting with each other when they never would have 10 years ago. The other side, the other mind, I don't have an easy name for it, but I'm going to call it right brain. So there are people still who see connections uh, between things, who consider, who are not tantalized into great fear. 
you know that book that you recommend on what happened in World War II with the with they Germans, thought they were free. How yeah, Not that's Mayer's right. Book, we, yeah. we bought it and read it, and um, uh, and it's um, be, uh, you know you can push people towards conservative mind, but if they have strong, if they have a strong that's left brainness, yeah. and if they have strong right brainness, it's easy to resist. They see the, the problems with it. Right. Um, so your right so your brain, concern is the the number of people out there who have authoritarian personalities, basically. That's right. And and when I said conservative mind, I have it written here on my little note to self to talk to you about. It's a well documented thing. It's uh, mm. we've observed it. It it's been pulled into action many times in history. The in uh, Somalia, in, in uh, Ethiopia, and, and um, in uh, Rwanda, and not just in Africa, of course, you know, but the, these are, uh, the, the uh, UN put together a commission after Rwanda, and they studied uh, what happened, mm -hmm. and that, that there were dormant um, resentments that uh, le certain leaders could call upon, get on the radio it was a radio driven uh, massacre slaughter yeah no i, I I'm, yeah. I'm with you and i i would uh recommend if you're looking at you know for a book to learn more about this i would recommend john dean you know uh, richard nixon's former uh, white house counsel he wrote a book called conservatives without conscience and it's right. about the authoritarian personality in fact he goes back yeah. to bob altmeyer's work on that mj i gotta run but thank you for the call spot on John in Seattle. Hey, John, what's up? Thanks, Tom. Well, with the news about Don Jr.'s uh, communications with Mark Meadows on yes. how to overthrow the election, you think uh, Trump is now going to throw Don Jr. under the bus saying, oh, I never thought the election was uh, was stolen. It was Don Jr. and, uh, and uh, Rudy Giuliani who convinced me, not me. I think that it, uh, I don't think it's quite that neat and clean, you know, where where it's just a yes or no thing and, you know, dump the kid or not. But I think uh -huh. that if it were ever to reach that point, because, yeah, I mean, Trump gave a speech on January 6th and he, he was the one who said we're going to march down to the Capitol, all this kind of stuff. So you'd have a hard time pinning it on his son. But if there was some crime, perhaps even the January 6th crime, but if there was some other crime that he could dump on his son if he himself was looking at going to prison. And I'm thinking here about the tax and bank fraud charges that may be being brought against him. Um, mm. I think he would do it in a heartbeat. I, I don't think that Donald Trump has loyalty to anybody other than Donald Trump. I think if he could blame something on his wife, he would do it. If he could blame it on his kids, he would do it. Um, you know, obviously, if he, he would blame it on, on former employees, uh, you know, he'd do it in a heartbeat. I, I just don't think that uh, loyalty is, is part of his DNA you know, at all. Uh, so, uh, can I suggest a new acronym for the Republican Party? Sure. Total opposition to a democratic society. The, and the acronym is TOADS. TOADS. Okay, I got it. John Goodwin, thank you very much. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Chris in Austin, Texas. Hey, Chris, what's on your mind today? You were talking about Greg Abbott earlier, and believe me, uh, most Texans are quite embarrassed by the man. Really? But uh, uh, having said that, what I want people to know, out-of-staters to know, is that a majority of the Texas electorate is actually Democratic. For example, the the four largest urban districts in Texas, the one containing Houston, Austin, DFW, and El Paso, actually went for Hillary Clinton in 2016. Right. And, of course, our problem is the way the GOP retains power is we are so ridiculously gerrymandered. Yep. That is how the state legislature retains control. Uh, the GOP retains control of the state legislature. Yeah. And same thing in Michigan and Wisconsin. Right. Well, and I saw just yesterday or day before that Donald Trump is planning a rally here in May. Of course he is. He's this is his new grift. He he shows up for these rallies. He sells lots and lots of merchandise. He charges admission right. when and where he can. And and it's just it's this is his new money making scheme. It's make, he's making more money on politics. He's made a couple hundred million dollars on politics. He's making more money there than he is in real estate. It's his new grift. Chris, thanks a lot for the call. Karen in New Orleans. Hey, Karen, what's up? I believe that there's a bunch of people in this country that have never been taught courtesy or manners. And Trump is the most uh, rudest, crudest, socially unacceptable being I've ever seen. And all of his rallies are filled with these kind of people. And his rude, crude, socially unacceptable behavior, he gave them all permission I agree. to act that way. And they're doing it because they want to act that way. And secondly, this um, 11-point agenda that Rick Scott put on the Senate floor Mm -hmm. should be printed and well-distributed. It is the best thing that Democrats could have. Well, and for people who don't know what you're talking about, Rick Scott proposed raising taxes on yep. working-class people. He pointed out that about six, some, a little over 50% of Americans don't pay income taxes. They do pay you know, uh, FICA taxes. They do pay Social Security and Medicare taxes. But they don't pay income taxes because they make so little. And Rick Scott said, that's terrible. We need to tax all these people. And now another uh, Republican, Mike Gibbons, he's the leading Republican Senate candidate from Ohio, came out and he said, uh, quote, middle class Americans don't pay any kind of a fair share of income taxes. He's a multimillionaire investment banker from Cleveland. And uh, he's <laughs> apparently all in with Rick Scott on this thing, which is, uh, you know, I, I'm with you. I, they, they should be. They should be, uh, uh, Democrats should be promoting the hell out of it. I'm completely with you. Thank you very much for the call, Karen. Zeph in New Orleans. Hey, Zeph, what's on your mind today? I'm a big fan, huge fan. I've been listening for years. I quote you on my Facebook page. I, 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 hear, I heard the other day you asked, you kind of flummoxed by a question of why the Republicans are afraid of Donald Trump so much. Why do they just cower down to him and, and everything? And, and I have a theory about that I'd like to share with you. Go for it. Uh, here we go. Uh, I'm a big Hillary fan. Uh, I really cried the night that that election went against her. And uh, I think the Republicans are, 
I put on my Facebook page, because you hate Hillary, you gave us Satan's apprentice. Mm-hmm. In other words, it was the lesser of two evils uh, for the Republicans, uh, as far as their intellect would allow them to think about it. They are afraid of Hillary so much, and they hate her, and it's really fear that if she were in power in the White House, and I think she deserves it, uh, uh, you know, and I'm a big Obama fan, a big Obama fan, but when he announced for president, I said, that's the end of us getting a woman president in my lifetime, really. I think, personally, I'm going to say something a little indelicate. I'm going to say, I I think Obama should have waited his turn. Hmm. Hillary could have walked away with that election that Obama took away from her. In 2008. Because we had Bush and Cheney. Yeah, Bush and yeah. Cheney had messed up so bad, nobody was going to vote Republican yep. after that. After they started that war and lied us into a war and and nine of the whole nine eleven scam with the with the Saudi Arabians that that, that was right. an open and then bailed door. out the bankers after the crash in two thousand eight. Yeah, yeah, that was an open door for Hillary to walk through because you know she had a she, Hillary had the hardest road to hoe to become president than any other. Uh, a presidential candidate, man or woman, yeah. and uh, and we needed to help her. I think she needed help, and nine eleven gave us the help that we needed to put Hillary in power. And after after Obama said, "Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk away. I'm gonna run for president," Dick Durbin, I I can't stand him because he announced he got Obama to to, to you know he pushed him ahead of the line. He should have stayed as the state senator, in my opinion. No, in I, Illinois. I, I get all and, that, but that's kind of ancient history stuff. In the, okay, in the twenty seconds history, we've but, got but left. What does this have to do with why Trump, you know, still intimidates Republicans? Well, because the Republicans, the worst thing that could have happened to the Republicans is is Hillary winning the election. They hate her so much. Can you imagine her being in the White House lecturing to the Republicans? Their heads would explode. They'd all go insane. That's my theory. Well, I think part of it is Hillary hatred and part of it is just good old-fashioned misogyny. I think that you'll see the same thing, the same dynamic if it's Kamala Harris who's running or any woman who's running. And, and it's going to be a real challenge. I mean, it's, it's, it's true that women, any minority, anybody other than white men have to work much, much harder to do the exact same thing that white men can do. It's, it's, uh, it's sad, but it's real. And, and, you know, we're doing something about it step by step, but it's taking time. Zeph, thanks a lot for the call. Vox.com has done a fascinating uh, deep dive. It's titled, uh, What We Know About the Hunter Biden Investigation. This is by uh, Andrew Prokop. And they're talking about federal prosecutors. Now, this is a prosecution that was initiated during the Trump administration. And according to the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, ABC, CBS, CNN, and AP, um, they have all done stories saying that the U.S. Attorney's Office in Delaware has gotten increasingly active, uh, and there's a grand jury that's looking into Hunter Biden. And uh, they're in, Andrew Prokop writes, the investigation focuses on Hunter Biden's well-compensated work for foreign interests over the past decade or so, particularly for businesses or tycoons in Ukraine, China, and Kazakhstan. And the main legal question appeared to be whether he violated tax laws, committed money laundering, or acted as an unregistered foreign agent. On top of that, there are the ethical questions about Hunter's foreign consulting and investment work, which began around the time that his father was selected as vice president and continued throughout the Obama years. And, uh, you know, critics have said that he's trading on his dad's name. Uh, But the prosecutors are looking into uh, some of these things that date back uh, in some form to the Obama administration. It's it's a fascinating topic. Uh, 
and you know, you know, why is he in, in being investigated? They say for pretty much his adult life, he's been in, in the business of being Joe Biden's son, basically. At the age of 26, he took a high-paying job at a bank in Delaware, uh, one of uh, Biden's largest donors. Five years later, he became a lobbyist. And then when his father became vice president, he worked into this, he moved into this world of consulting. I guess the, the question, let's say that all of this is absolutely true. You know, assume kind of a, a worst case situation that Hunter Biden is corrupt or has been trading on his father's name and, you know, made a few million bucks doing it. What does that do to to a Democratic politics? What does that do to Joe Biden? What does that do to the guy in the White House? Are people going to say, well, you know, Hunter is a grifter and Jared is a grifter and Jared made two billion and Hunter made three million? Or are they going to say, and they're both terrible, but, you know, Hunter just wasn't as good as Jared at being a grifter? Or are they going to just, you know, pursue this whole thing in a vacuum? I don't know. It's, it's an interesting question. And, and, you know, an interesting question about whether the whether this story, which is now making its way into mainstream media, you know, the, the, the media had largely ignored the Hunter Biden story since the election, so, you know, almost two years ago and, and even before that, because, excuse me, because it was perceived as just, you know, a political attack on Joe Biden. Now that it's looking like, you know, hey, there's a there there. The question is, what impact is it going to have? Excuse me. <laughs> Forgive me. And uh, I guess we're just going to have to see how it shakes out. But my guess is that it's not going to be a big deal. I think that most Americans, after all the corruption of the Trump years, I think most Americans are just kind of immune to it. James in Chicago. Hey, James, what's up? Hey, Tom, how are you today? I am well. What's on your mind? Uh, I was just commenting on Jim, the guy who's the libertarian who called in. Yeah. You know, it's amazing how they can always say, oh, I'm a libertarian, but I always vote Republican. Now, it's funny that you mentioned the, 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 the crime rate and the criminal indictments in, the, uh, in these GOP administrations. But let's go back to, to one particular thing here. Now, he wanted to say that he, he mentioned that he was a capitalist. Now, at every point, at, at almost every instance, almost everyone is a capitalist because they're always, you know, someone is trying to gain somewhere, gain footage. Well, the actual, so the actual definition, James, of somebody who is a capitalist rather than, because I think what he meant was he believes in capitalism. But somebody who is a capitalist is a person who lives off of capital. In other words, they live off their investments. There are very few capitalists in the United States. You know, there's probably a couple hundred thousand people who have enough money in, in their investments that they can just live off the dividends that they get from their investments. Those are the capitalists. Okay, so now we have capitalists who own the oil companies. All right. Uh, or are benefiting from those investments yep. that are gouging us to the point that they understand, they know that they can lower the prices. It was just like with the housing bubble when they recreated uh, mortgage-backed securities. They could have just as well not have done that if they, you know, said, hey, this is not going to work and left the interest rates where it was, but they didn't do that. Right. So they get, it was a gain-gain and a win-win situation for them, whether the people kept their houses or lost them. It's just like now. 
market, what we're dealing with now when it comes to gas and oil prices is what the market will bear. Because people have to have it. They charge them that price, these exorbitant prices, and they pay it. Oh, the, the market will bear a lot. I mean, in Europe, gas prices have been over $10 a gallon for a decade. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, this is what we're looking at. It's just as simple as they raised the prices. They could have lowered the prices, too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, it, it is a it is an industry that is acting in its own self-interest, which is what industries are supposed to do. The problem is that its interests are not they do not correspond with the interests of Americans right now or the interests of life on, you know, in the future of the planet Earth. James, thank you for the call. Jose in Killeen, Texas. Hey, Jose, what's up? Yeah, how you doing? Hey, um, my, uh, look, I um, in reference to Trump and, and all this. Uh, Stuff that he's got, or him and his people took from uh, from the White House, and then you know, like I was looking on MSNBC, and you know, they got a big old, I seen a, like a big old eighteen wheeler parked in front of his, you know, house there, and and I mean, it's full of stuff up apparently, and I'm just I'm so curious how how this man and his people are getting away with this. I mean, yeah. it's it's ridiculous. They to stole know everything that wasn't I mean, nailed down. I mean, it's including right, top you know, secret exactly. documents. I mean, gifts, exactly. memorabilia, you know, uh, statuary, paintings. I mean, uh, Trump made off with all this stuff. And, and now the Congress is trying to get a, an audit, you know, a, a listing of it. And the GSA is like, well, we're, we haven't finished yet, or we can't give that to you yet. Or, or maybe. Well, how long does it take? I know. I, mean, I know. They they need to send. They need to send some good burglary cops in there. You know, <laughs> get the get the get the burglary cops no, exactly. in the New York Police and, Department and, down there. Yeah, and then the, the you know the the DOJ he should be on that. Yeah. I mean, he should be on top of that, like white on rice. Yeah. Where where I mean, is where is. Where is CSI when you need it? <laughs> Jose, spot on. I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I do have to move along, though. Thank you. Jenny in Miami Beach, Florida. Hey, Jenny, what's up? I wanted to mention, it's a little bit of a side note, I study numerology. And it very interestingly enough, the next time that the, when the 24 or 24 presidential election comes on, Trump is going to be under the same numerology in which he won the prior election. Oh my. So I think there's a very strong chance that he's going to win again. And I think we really need to think about what are we doing in terms of laws to prepare for him. Oh, to get ready for Trump. Yeah, that's a good, that's a big issue, Jenny. And and to the best of my knowledge, they haven't done much to Trump proof, you know, the, the executive branch. Thank you for the call. We'll be back tomorrow. Same time, same place. In the meantime, don't forget democracy is not a spectator sport. It requires all of us to work. Yes, that's why it's called democracy. So get out there, get active. There's so much you can do. Tag your it. Be good to yourself and the people around you and say a prayer for peace in the world, eh? If you're inclined, we'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com. 